these guys survive the David Kahn era of Timberwolves basketball and live to tell about it. It's Flagrant Howls. Man, people love the Jim Pete episode. People want more Jim Pete. Jim, Jim Pete, Pete Thursdays. Who doesn't? Sorry, we're 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 buzz killing, but by by not having three Jim Petes on the episode here, we're we're buzz killing. Can't go wrong with Jim Pete. He's 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 great because he is a Pied Piper for the fans who's not afraid to say critical. something critical. Exactly, and and he understands that just because you say something critical doesn't mean that you're like out on the team or not a fan or whatever. He he has walked that line brilliantly for twenty because he's years. passionate. Because he's truly passionate, so if they're playing poorly, or if a guy is playing poorly, he'll say so. He is the, if you were to say to to an, a player who wanted to get into to the business, if that player were to say, who should I study? Jim Pete. Mm-hmm. Study how Jim do you Pete. Build, how do you build a deep connection with the fan base while still telling the truth on TV when it warrants it? This year, there's not as much to tell the truth about on the negative side for the Wolves because they're his Jane McDaniel forty two and last, seventeen. The last two weeks has been really good, though. Yeah, like he's really you know when Jaden plays well now, he says it and he talks about that. But he's also he's also talked about the shortcomings there, and it's just really insightful. That was one of the and we'll get to a feedback Friday edition here of Flagrant Howls. So thank you guys for for listening to or watching this Timberwolves lifestyle podcast. But that was one of the talkers yesterday between me, Jim and Kyle was okay. Like Kyle stances and it's correct in the moment. Jade McDaniels is a $2 million player this year. Like his contract hasn't kicked in yet. Sure. He's essentially being told like, dude, stand in the corner on offense and then go play clamps defense. And you're, you're not a featured part of the offensive. You're, you're basically open in the corner. And once in a while, maybe the ball will swing to you and you drive in. He's not being asked to do much more. Right. And yet people are like wringing their hands over, excuse me, whether he's a bust with the contract and stuff. And, and I do agree with what he's making this year and what he's being asked to do this year. He is wildly exceeding the $2 million or whatever he's making. Once it kicks into the 25, 24, 25 million dollars, yeah, you probably need more rebounds. You probably need. You'd like to see a step forward, and that's kind of where Jim and I were coming from yesterday. Yep. I think Jim would like to see him be more assertive. Like he's he's sort of been put into a passive role from the team standpoint. But I think Jim's point is that doesn't mean that you have to play passive, especially in things like rebounding. Right? Like it seems like Jaden gets down in the dauber at times. Yeah, he's and, and it's a and tough that's, role. Yeah, that's been he definitely he gets in his feelings a little bit, but yeah. that's the other crazy thing before we get to feedback about this year's team compared to last last year's team. They got beaten five against the Nuggets, but it was a fight in some of those games. And the Nuggets came out after they won their championship, you know, two months later, like, man, as we look back, the Wolves actually give us more of a fight than some of these other teams. And that Wolves team did not have Jaden McDaniels or Nas Reed. And Nas Reed is better now than he was a year ago. He integrates better with Gobert and Towns than he did a year ago. Mm-hmm. Towns is better now than he was a year ago in this iteration of the Wolves roster. Gobert is better this year than he was a year ago. And Anthony Edwards is better now than he was a year ago. And Conley, a full year of Conley. So yep. it's going to be, man, to see see some of these matchups. Let's get to the first Feedback Friday thing here. We got um, We got a few to get to. This is actually I'm t- I'm taking something that a bunch of people have sent over via Twitter or YouTube. It's it's I'm putting a bunch of different uh, MVP related questions into one here, which is 
Should Anthony Edwards be a more serious MVP candidate? The latest odds say that Nikola Jokic is the odds-on favorite, minus 140, to win another MVP. I think it'd be his third MVP, right? Mm-hmm. Shea Gilgis Alexander is second right now. He's averaging like 31 points efficiently with Oklahoma City. Just, man, like that dude, to see where he was a few years ago, he's a good player, but I mean, he's literally become one of the five or six best players in the NBA. A hell of a trade for the, for the uh, OKC Thunder now. Yeah, did they think they were getting, they thought they were getting a good player. Did they think they were getting like the best guard in the NBA when they I, made that trade? I don't know. I saw a quote from somebody at the time. I, I forget who it was with the Clippers who said, okay, we'll make this trade, but we are trading away a future all-star player. Like this guy's going to be great. Okay. So Luka Doncic is third. And then there's a huge gap and you get to Giannis at plus 2000. So 20 to one, Jason Tatum is fifth. Kawhi Leonard is sixth. And Anthony Edwards is tied with Jalen Brunson for seventh right now in the MVP race. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people feel like maybe Anthony Edwards should be higher up, but what do you guys think? The fact that he's 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 not a serious MVP contender, but he's like, you know, on the fringes. He's seventh right now right. on the odds list. You might make a case that Rudy Gobert is actually the one that's getting snubbed by not being higher up, the best defensive player on the best defense in the NBA. But what do you, should, should Ant be getting more consideration here? So when you sent out this question this morning, I, I sat down with my sports dad notepad <laughs> and started to jot down some thoughts because my immediate response, because I watch... Because I watch Ant play a lot. No, this isn't a nice pen. Because I watch Ant play a lot, my immediate response was, well, yes, he probably is. But so here, here are my thoughts. Um, and the Gobert thing that you brought up actually factors in. My first thought is part of what I think takes away from Ant and his candidacy is while he leads the team in scoring with 26.6 points per game, the Wolves themselves are not a dynamic offensive team. I think they're 19th in scoring. So they're not, they're not like, he's not part of the 98 Vikings, right? Like Moss. He's not the, he's not the go-to guy for a team that's top five in, in scoring. My other points were, he's on a team that is right now, right or wrong, not a national marquee team. And probably, and this will solve a lot of things for next season. If it's done, it probably needs to make a playoff run, right? But like, Shea Gilgis Alexander isn't on a national marquee team either in Oklahoma City. But true. he also scores like but he's, he's he's second in scoring exactly. at 31 points a game. Exactly. It's he's flashier. More, I get it. He's seen as more dynamic than Ant. Um, and so but I do think that if if this team can make a playoff run, and then obviously if you do, you're on ESPN TNT all the time, that's gonna change things, and then it changes your scheduling as far as national marquee matchups on national TV next season, and then my final point is, and you broached this with Gobert, I thought the same thing about Cat. While I think we all agree this is Ant's team, there are other players who are definitely factors. Gobert has been fantastic. I mean, he's come back from what was a huge disappointing first season with the Wolves and been great. Cat deserves a, a ton of credit. And, and like, people might think it's Ant's team, but Cat's still going to be part of the starring bill here. And so I think that there is an explanation here. And you know what, too? The other thing with Ant is, and he probably just flat out because it's not as sexy, 
And Ant talked about this extensively with an F-bomb after doing such a great job against Jaron Jackson Jr. It was, it was a very well-timed, a Memphis. effective F-bomb. Well, and it also wasn't head. angry. It was just a F-bomb, F-bomb, which I loved. But his defensive prowess, like in that game and in certain games, where he just decides, screw it, I'm going to lock down a guy, and then yeah. does it, probably doesn't get the same recognition nationally, for sure, that like if he was on a dynamic scoring team. So I think yeah. that there are reasons why he's tied for seventh, but I think a lot of those things could be fixed by a playoff run, and basically now Barkley starts to talk about you more, which might seem silly, but it's probably Dude, important. Shaq real, does. Real quick on that on that front, I think I can't remember if we talked about this last week, so if I'm repeating this for you guys, then sorry, but I was watching uh, Get Up with our guy Greeny, and he put out this was earlier in the week, maybe like Monday. Oh yeah. And, and he he put out his his top five future faces of the NBA. Because that was a big discussion over the all-star break. And he and I can't remember what it, it was. I think I think Giannis was on the list and he's 29, so he's projecting kind of five years out. And I don't remember what the exact list was, but it wasn't it did not include Anthony Edwards. So they bring in Austin Rivers, who's now an ESPN contributor former Timberwolf and they bring Austin rivers up from his home studio. And okay. And Greeny's a friend of the, the old radio show. I love me some Greeny, but Austin, he goes, Austin, what do you think of my list? The top five future faces of the NBA. And Austin's like, it's fine, but dude, where's Anthony Edwards. Mm -hmm. And he starts making the case for Anthony Edwards, having played with him. He's a dynamic scorer. He's a lockdown defender. He's, he's got a personality. His game has flair, which oftentimes is something that, you know, I think gets voters more excited. And Greeny said, okay, no, that's that's a fair point. It's a fair point. He, we probably should make room for him. But my counter to that is the Timberwolves have been the number one team in the Western Conference all season, and nobody talks about them. Nobody talks about him. It's like, Greeny, my guy, my buddy, you are the lead host of the number one cable TV sports talk morning show. <laughs> And you have a nationally syndicated ESPN radio show for all the radio affiliates. You can't say credibly that nobody talks about, no one talks about them. Well, you could talk about them with your platforms, right? So, but you're right. They, and Declan's been saying this all year until, and he's right, until the Wolves actually pay it off with a deep playoff run, they're going to be seen as this fun little team that, oh, congratulations, you're relevant for the first time in, well, when did KG leave? 2008, right? So, like, they, they have to create their own buzz from, from that perspective. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it's interesting that in the NBA, because we were, fans were so spoiled with Steph teams with the Lakers and obviously LeBron with the Cavs and also the Lakers. Like, there were just great super teams and dynasties there. The Spurs were also there for a while. The Thunder, when they were at the, there was just a pecking order that all these teams and all the league respected. And now the tides have shifted, right? Like Denver wins a national title. The Wolves are number one team in the West. Milwaukee won a title a couple years ago. And I think it's hard for all these like national talking heads to grasp that, hey, we're moving on from the LeBron, the Steph era, and we're moving into the SGAs and the Anthony Edwards. I think Jason Tatum was also on Greeny's list. Like we're moving on yeah. to the next era, but it's hard for us to really understand. Like we have to take the Thunder and the Wolves and obviously the Nuggets we have to now put them on the same patriarchy as what the Warriors and Cavs were from ten years yeah, ago. But the the NFL is the same way. Like the the NFL, right. the number the best teams and quarterbacks in the league. You could say Kansas City, Missouri, mm -hmm. right? 
Buffalo, New York. Look at the teams that were in the divisional round. There's a team from Green Bay, Wisconsin. Yep. You've got all these kind of random because it's not it's not like it was 25 or 30 years ago. People making the market sized argument now. Like Declan brought up some of the recent NBA champions: Milwaukee, Denver. You know the the Miami Heat. And the New York Knicks and the Los Angeles Lakers aren't the only three teams, and the Golden State Warriors aren't the only four teams in the NBA. So I would say if your argument on a national platform is, well, no one talks about them. Well, if you talked about them, maybe people would be interested. Right. I don't know. But the Wolves, you know what, though? I'm, I'm fine with, with this because they've been dormant for so long, and they popped up the last, I, I think that they actually, with the win against uh, the Grizzlies, clinched their third consecutive winning season, which is a miracle in itself. Dude, they've already matched last year's win total. I know, 42 wins, which is, and but I'm fine with how this is playing out because I do think that it gives them incentive to say, we haven't done a thing yet, right? Like, like we still need to be considered relevant i think the other thing with the wolves i think where the wolves and okc and i'd be curious to get your guys thoughts on this i think where they differ is you know okc was really a relevant team with three stars what about 10 years ago now Mm -hmm. you know it's been i mean as you said phil garnett left in 2008 and and you know as cat has been up until this year i think ridiculed as much nationally as praised, if not more. Ant's the first, like, real dynamic star. So I sort of get why there's a skepticism or just a ignoring so far. But I would rather Ant play like this. Like, I, I love the fact that what he did against Jaron Jackson Jr., like, that was damn impressive. Yeah, and then the flex as Triple J is walking back to the bench. I'll give you, before we get to the next feedback thing here, I'll give you... I don't think he's the MVP. I think that would be way too much of a homerish thing to say with Jokic and SGA. Like those dudes are what those right. guys are doing. But I think the case for him being higher up on the list would be the Wolves are the number one team in the Western Conference. And Anthony Edwards is the biggest difference maker on versus off the court. In fact, when you start to parse through the Wolves lineups, the Wolves are 10 points better per 100 possessions when Anthony Edwards is on the court versus off the court. Best on the team. With Rudy Gobert, it's a seven-point difference. So the Wolves are seven points better when Gobert's on the court versus off the court per 100 possessions. Mike Conley is a plus three. Nas Reed is like a plus three. This is not a knock on Cat. He's been wonderful, and he helps the entire team be great. But but the Wolves are break even when Cat is on the court versus off the court. So you could and again, like all these guys are it's a little deceiving because that doesn't mean that they're break even with or without him against other teams. It means at the level that they're playing, which is better than all the other teams in the West, Anthony Edwards is driving the most difference in terms of on off than any other player on the team. So, you know, if you're if you're the most impactful player on the best team in the Western Conference, yeah, you should be in the mix for MVP discussion, I would say. So where, if if you could go back in, into the odds that you went through, where do you think he should be? I think he's above, for this year, Right. I think he's above Tatum and Giannis. And I know that I, you could call me a hypocrite for saying what I just said about Ant and saying that he should be above Jason Tatum, because I'm guessing without looking that Jason Tatum is probably the most impactful player with the same statistic on an even better team in the Eastern conference. Mm -hmm. 
but I don't know. I, I think he's in that. I think he's in that mix. I'm not putting him above Jokic. I'm not putting him above SGA. I mean, Luka Doncic is absurd. He's putting up historical numbers just every year. But I, I, I think you could move. I think I'm for sure moving Anthony Edwards above Kawhi Leonard. He's yep. behind Kawhi Leonard. I'm putting him above Kawhi Leonard. Yep. And then I think it's a conversation with Jason Tatum and maybe Giannis. So okay. especially the way the Bucks have kind of sputtered with the firing of a coach and Bucks have had a weird season, man. Yeah. You can't they be an MVP be fine, if you're weird getting year. a coach fired. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, let's go to Heastland on the YouTube channel. Marcus Morris just got his buyout finally from the San Antonio Spurs. He's been sitting around for the last month or so. So that's a name that was pre-trade deadline. Doogie was floating him. He's a guy that has a ton of playoff experience. I'll just say I'm interested. I don't think he's a key contributor that's going to move the needle for the rest of the season, but I think he's a guy that he's probably going to get some DNPs on certain nights, but he's a 38% career three-point shooter. He's a big dude at six foot eight. He helps with your length. And is he a guy that maybe in certain playoff series, you could run out there for like 10 or 12 minutes and give you some effective minutes off the bench. If he's okay, catching some DNPs because this team is loaded right now. Right. And he's not going to be a malcontent. And I don't think he would sign here if he wasn't okay with those conditions. Then yeah, I think him as like the 10th guy, I'm interested. Who does he potentially take playing time away from when he does play? I mean, it would be little nibbles here and there. It would be like if you feel like tonight's a night where you need some three-point shooting in the corner and Kyle Anderson can be moved to the bench for some... I don't think you would flat-out bench a player without right. getting any minutes. He, he would nibble into other guys' minutes. Okay. If you felt like maybe Nikhil Alexander-Walker was a little small for a matchup or something. Yep. But that dude is a is a. Well, if he's a playoff guy, I'm fine with it because that's... like could like, be. Once you get there, role players are so incredibly important. Yeah. No, he could be. Um, there's a cat question here that I feel like I feel like might be triggering. So before we get there, let's take a deep breath and talk about our friends at Livia here, Judd. Okay. I'm feeling happy now. I'm f- feeling happy because if you're watching this right now, you're seeing sports dad on the left, sports dad on the right, and you're saying that's a different sports dad. It's not a different sports dad. Both are me, but the guy on the right down 40 pounds thanks to Livia Weight Control centers which makes me joyous to talk about them because i know that they help me and i know that they can help you and they're not only going to help you lose the weight they're going to help you keep the weight off uh their dietitians and nutritionists are outstanding they are there to support you your check-ins are great and by the way if you're not in the state it doesn't matter because the whole program can be done virtually and do i have an offer for you now talk about a first round draft pick talk about uh, the opportunity it's this three months for free that's right your first three months are free 855 go livia livia.com i'll spell it for you l-i-v-e-a.com that is your ticket to weight loss also our friends at first equity mortgage are very helpful specifically david who so david has overseen first equity 24 years in the market minnesota based they pride themselves on supporting the community and treating every customer as a friend and neighbor, which is the treatment that I received a few years ago when I refinanced the home that I was living in at the time. David's also a 20-year season ticket holder of Lynx and Timberwolves basketball, so you can see him roaming around Target Center. Not only did I have a great experience with First Equity, but First Equity has also handled home loans or refis for 20 of my coworkers and friends. It's a great experience, and uh, you can find out more at femort.com. That's femort.com or scorenorth.com, keyword David. Okay, back to the feedback here, boys. 
This one's from Doc. Okay. All right, Doc. Just for some context, on yesterday's episode with Kyle and Jim Pete, Jim Pete went on a little bit of a rant about how great how great Cat's been this season. He's 100% right. And and he started talking about, like, the people that are that are hating on Cat, this, that, and the other, right? And And so Doc says, hey, Mackie, the look on your face when Jim Pete started praising Cat and ripping the Cat haters was priceless. The look of shame and embarrassment on your face was wonderful. You didn't even say a peep as Jim Pete attacked the cat haters and praised cat. Just like with your hate for Kirk Cousins, your hate for Carl Anthony Towns is completely filled with lies and irrelevancies. (laughs) Oh, where's the popcorn? Get me my popcorn. There is more to this email too, but. For, what for was time the look purposes. On, can you recreate the look on your face? Oh, 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 God. Oh, my God. This is my new favorite. This happens, too, with, with other players. I'm sure you maybe get this with hockey players, too. You guys on Judd's Hockey Show, baseball players. If a player is underperforming, or in the case of Carl Anthony Towns, like his behavior and his lack of maturity and the spastic offensive fouls and everything, like, he's doing that for multiple years, and it's shipwrecking Wolves' playoff games. It's shipwrecking important regular season games. And, like, I called him out for it. Oh, got a microphone. I observe the behavior. I call him out. Right. right. But then, Mm -hmm. in 2023, 2024, Carl comes back. And he has corrected many of the issues that I believe he was rightfully criticized for in 2020, 21, 22, 23. When's the last time you saw his behavior shipwreck a game for the Timberwolves? His shooting is better. His behavior is better. Dude, his average personal fouls per game is down a half a foul per game. Like he's committing way fewer fouls. But once you commit to something, Phil, you can't go back on it. You hate but it. That's what's amazing. It's like, it's like wait with a second, Kirk. you were wrong all along. Wait a second. No, if a player has uh, definitively changed in certain areas, it's, it's once so you stupid. pick your path on a player, you are like, like the fact that you hated Kirk when he won 13 <laughs> games in 2022 and Declan and I were like, Oh my God, Kirk cousins is playing so well. We've always loved Kirk. Go Kirk. Rah, rah. And you're like, no, no, I'm not even watching games anymore. <laughs> no, I, the, the look on your face when Kirk was having a great season, I it was unbelievable. Yeah. I, you got me. You got me. Like, here's the thing. It's funny. Carl Anthony. So guys like doc, and I'm sure there's other ones. They see Carl last year and the year before versus this year, and they see the same player, which is insane to me, and it's wildly incorrect, right? Objectively, Carl is averaging the fewest personal fouls per game since the 2016-17 season for him. He was literally 21 years old the last time he averaged 3.2 fouls per game instead of 3.8 or almost 4. I mean, he was averaging almost four fouls per game last year. What's the most important thing, like from a starting point, what's the most important thing about this entire team this season? Everybody knows their role. And Carl is playing his role so perfectly this season. And so is Gobert. Like Gobert was really hanky, didn't know his role Mm -hmm. last year. Like, Like from a starting point, and it's probably a credit to Chris Finch, from a starting point, everybody knows their role. And you know, I think when we say things in the summer, like this needs to be Ant's team, the thought process is you're dissing Carl. You hate Carl. You hate him so much. You guys hate him. And it's like, no, 
He needs to know his role. Well, guess who figured that out? Carl. But also, like, the thing that, like, do you want me to go replay you some of those Memphis playoff games? You, like, you, like do we, did we forget? Like, that, that, yes, yeah. Those dud performances exist in his timeline. But this year, he's been, this is probably the best version of him that we've seen in his nine years in the NBA. But, he's been wonderful this year. But the defenders of specific players, their thought process is it, with the bad games were never their fault. There always was a factor that made their game. So like when Carl played great in the playoffs, credit to Carl, which, yeah, okay, that's true. But then when he had a bad game and he would complain the whole game, it was like, well, can't you tell his teammates aren't? So like, that's the thing about Kirk too. It's the same exact thing. Well, how can you blame Kirk for that? Well, because he's a quarterback and makes a lot of money. That That's the other one I love now is, well, could you guys do it? Well, no, but I'm also not paid millions of dollars to do it. <laughs> Like, you like I can sit, if I can we were sit make, top of the key and shoot 44% from NBA three. I don't know what you're talking about. If we were making <laughs> the same salaries, then you'd have a case. But anyway, yeah. Um, Why can't we just leave it at Carl has been awesome this year. Yeah. And in previous years, he's also been really good with some major deficiencies that, that it also too, like the Timberwolves matched last season's win total with like 23 games left on the schedule. Absolutely. Because guys are better in a lot of areas than they were last year, right? And, and Carl being healthy, too, and playing 57 games so far. And Rudy being healthy, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, but he, anyways. but but I will say this, nobody was harder locally on Carl at times than Jim Pete previously. Yeah, is, like, is he an idiot? Is he a hater? I mean, no, Carl, he's... I mean, Jim, Jim Pete flat out would say, and he still says, like, that. one of the things I love about Jim Pete with credibility because he played and, and coached, like he doesn't call out guys and just bash them. He tells you what they're doing that bothers him. Yep. Yep. And Carl, I just listen, man. I am a cat stand in 2024 right now. That dude has absolutely turned a corner. And bravo to him for maybe looking in the mirror on some stuff. And and he's been a huge reason why this is the number one team in the Western Conference. Okay. Last feedback thing from Kyle Kirchival. So. Our last uh, episode in the title, we said something special is happening with the Timberwolves. And he's responding to that episode saying the something special happening is that the Wolves are about to get run over by the Thunder and the Nuggets, finish third in the West, and then get knocked out in the first round by the Pelicans. How do we get rid of this? I feel like a lot of fans are still harboring really cynical feelings about this franchise from previous years. Do we need to have like an exorcism or something of... Timberwolves pass so that we can we can get away from this level of cynicism. All right, All right. as a as a licensed Minnesota sports ecologist, sports dad will say this. It has occurred to me, and this is going to sound sound like a cliche, but it's not. It has occurred to me that the fear about this team is founded in this. We have seen instances this season where it's very clear to me that if the Timberwolves lose like early in the playoffs, it's going to be because they beat themselves. Like, I honestly don't think that there's a team that's going to come in and steamroll them, and it's going to be a, be one of these, oh, my God, they just weren't that good, huh? I don't think that's the case. I think there is some trepidation because at times we've seen them play games where it's like they literally beat themselves. Now, the Memphis game on Wednesday, they trailed 14 rip and came back and were fine and won. Um, the playoffs can be a bit different. So I do want to see that consistency there. And I do want I do want to see all the pieces work together. But this whole thing of, well, they're just going to get drilled. 
I don't agree with because I do I do think that they are one of being in first in the West is not a fluke. Like they belong there. They have that talent. I understand though that you do want to see that put on display for a playoff series and then two. I get that part. It's a Minnesota sports thing than it is a Timberwolves thing. And I know the Timberwolves haven't really also been in this uncharted territory where they're the number one team in a loaded conference, but it's a Minnesota sports thing that is lingering over there. And by the way, we're everyone keeps keeps saying they're going to fall off. They're going to fall. They've been in first place for ninety percent of They've the played season. Sixty games, yeah. Like, yeah. they're not going to get trucked. No, they, but they like they're could they fall to the first part of this? Could Oklahoma City and or Denver? Pass them in the standings, yes, because there's a game separating sure. these teams right now, so or a game and a half. The end of the world. So yeah, could that happen? And then you get a t- there's going to be a bunch of tough first round matchups, but there isn't a team in the Western Conference like in almost every other year of the Timberwolves history, including the best season in franchise history, oh three oh four. There was always a team in the Western Conference where you're like, well, if they face that team, they're probably getting beat. And the the Lakers were were kind of that team in 2003-04. They had Kobe, Shaq, they had the three-peat, you know, before. And that Kings They're, team was good. Like, they, everyone knew, like, this is going to be a yeah. dogfight of it. That was a semifinal Game 7 insane series. But these, there's there's no team, I'm not saying the Wolves are going to steamroll through the West, but there is no team in the West that I don't think they can beat in a seven-game series. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and I mean, to go back to when they played the Kings or the Lakers, they also didn't get trucked then. Like, like if there's a fear that they're going to show up and just get their drawers blown off no. by a team that that's like okay now we're going to start playing, I'm not concerned of, about that. Can I you want dismi- the Warriors? I want the Warriors in the first round. Now, now can you dismiss the fact that Cat might have a few games where he goes back to being Cat because it's the playoffs? You can't dismiss it. But I do think this is a very talented basketball team, and I think it's structured well. Um, and I I really do believe that if they disappoint. It's going to be solely on them. It's not going to be because they just met a superior opponent. Yeah, the Warriors have been red hot lately. At one point, they were five games under five hundred on January twenty seventh. Playing great right now. They beat the Knicks last night. Yep, and since then, that was a road game too. They beat the Knicks by double digits, and since then, they are nine games over five hundred. So the Warriors are definitely trying hard now. Now that the calendar has flipped. And I guess Steph but, is struggling a bit, which is so like they're they're playing well in in spite of that. And did did you guys see for the second consecutive year, our guy Wiggy has unfortunately gone, yeah, he left like, the team with a yeah. personal matter. His I guess his dad was sick last year, and they're not saying what's wrong this time. But interesting cat. Yeah. Well, hopefully everything is okay. By the way, on the Warriors, Clay Thompson coming off the bench like the last couple weeks too has been big for them. I yep. still want them, though. I want them in the first round. Well, you're going to get a tough team. I, I don't disagree with you on that. I think you're going to get a tough team no matter what. But let's just let's just take a deep breath on the doom and gloom. Yeah, this is super fun. This is the, this feels like the beginning of a window here too, with Anthony Edwards and Nas Reed is what 23, 24 years old. Yeah, whatever Jaden becomes as a player. So, all right. Well, that's a wrap on this feedback Friday edition of Flagrant Howls. The best thing you can do to help keep growing this show is give us a five-star rating and a positive review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and click that like button and the subscribe button on the Score North YouTube channel. For Sports Dad Judd, for Producer Dex, for Jim Pete and Kyle and Ross and everyone in the Flagrant House. More Jim Pete. Definitely more Jim Pete. Love Jim Pete.